the boys are back to town. Fellow Earthlings, welcome back. This is Monster Mengus here in the nation's capital to welcome you to episode three, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Doing things a little bit differently here tonight, so I hope you enjoy that. But first, End of Regulation is a podcast dedicated solely to changing the sports and entertainment industry as a whole, one episode at a time, providing you with a week-by-week breakdown of everything you've missed. Only we'll keep you entertained, we'll educate you, and put a little money in your pocket. So go ahead and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and keep up with us at all times. Let's go ahead and kick it off. I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I would say absolutely he is an elite quarterback. Tom Brady has my vote for the greatest to ever lay some up. Tom Brady, greatest of all time. She got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. I'm supposed to be a franchise, but we in here talking about practice. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. All right, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to give you guys the rundown here tonight. We're going to throw you a little bit of banner, give you our new segment, Hump It or Dump It, talk a little bit about the conference round recap that we've got going for you, as well as some buzzer beaters. As earlier, I mentioned that we're doing things a little differently here, and the reason I said that is two of our hosts are out tonight, and it'll just be Harry Douglas and I kicking it old school, talking a little bit of sports and a little bit of banner. How we doing, kid? Doing good, Gardner. This is a first for us, man. Just doing it a little mono y mono podcast style. Do we want to talk about who's Tweedledum and who's Tweedle Tweedledee? Yeah, I we'll think leave it. Maybe, to... <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll leave it up to the listeners. They'll, they'll decide for themselves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe we'll decipher it once this episode's over. Yeah. All right. Um, but but like I said, I, I obviously wanted to just kick it with you tonight. Chat a little bit with the other two out. Um, maybe they're Tweedledee and Tweedledum. So sure. let's go ahead and yes. just kick it off. Uh, one of the biggest things you guys have all probably seen, Bud Light is making moves and putting their nutrition facts on the back of every one of their cans and on their cases. Now, doesn't really mean much from first glance, uh, but this is a first for alcohol as the government does not regulate <clears throat> nutrition facts to be on alcohol. And since we're in a fucking generation of snowflakes and people that are very you know, conscious about their health and their image. Calories have always been a big factor. And it's come to be found that some of these craft hipster, uh, you know, millennial beers that everybody has become so fond of have more calories than a can of Coca-Cola. So True. But, dude, let's be honest. I mean, first of all, beers aren't good for you, right? Like, it's not like a healthy thing. So, it's not like it's, you're going into Whole Foods and you're checking out the uh, the nutritional facts of, of whatever food that you're looking for, and, and kind of like you know look you know whatever the different ingredients are carbohydrates, sugars, sodium, blah blah blah. It's like this is fucking beer. It's like people all it's gonna do is be like, all right, well I drank twelve Bud Lights last night. That means I put twelve hundred calories of straight up liquid in my in my body. You know what I mean? Like True. I don't. It's True. like it's a I weird mean, look, thing. It's just it's just beer. I agree with that. But forever, I've been surrounded by people that are like, oh, my God, you're drinking Bud Light. 
you know, and people are super judgmental about Bud Light and like, oh, I'm drinking these craft artisanal beers. It's like, motherfucker, you're drinking about six goddamn bowls of spaghetti right there. <laughs> and I'm fucking going to get wasted and drink, you know, as many of these Bud Lights as I can. Um, you know, I guess the higher alcohol content is the... I guess, dude, up. but there's there's also, like, there's something to be said about that. It's like, it's good to be able to drink 12 Bud Lights, and in the same breath, it's like, if you drink four craft beers or IPAs, you're pretty much ready to go to bed. Yeah, and you feel like fucking dog feel, shit. Yeah, and you feel like shit, and it's just like, you know, so maybe that's their play. They're trying to be like, hey guys, I know these craft beers are great and all, and everyone's all about them, you know, but there's something, you know, don't forget about Bud Light. It's just, it's always there like, for you. One of the one of the huge things that I saw is the low calorie beverage companies have made serious rise in the last year. Uh, Michelob Ultra had one of the biggest gains for all brand beers, with sales growing twenty three point six percent, equating to about one point six billion dollars. So, um, they're clearly on a track to just like continue to make. Buka, which is obviously clear, but they're mm-hmm. doing it in a very fucking smart way. Um, yeah, the, you know, like I think I said, that, it's never been done. Yeah, the government doesn't regulate it, so they don't. Nobody does it. I mean, why would you, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think there's like really that much that's bad for you in Bud Light. It's just it's the amount of consumption, right? That that ends up being like fucked up for you, and you know that's why they're ultimately not great for you. And it's also got alcohol, whatever. But I don't know, man. I I think. I mean, I get it with Michelob Ultra. They're trying to pander to this this new generation of people who are, like, very health conscious and all that. So, we'll see. I think they'll probably grow in sales. Like you said, at the end sales, of the day, it's beer. It's just beer. Like, you just drink it to get drunk and have a good time and, and all that. Dilly like, dilly. No, no need to go too deep into it and start counting calories on the amount of bulb lights you had. Yeah, true. Well, um, you know, it'll obviously be interesting to see how much money it brings in for Bud Light if anything it's been an incredible you know marketing campaign um speaking of dollar bills though Jaboy Cristiano Ronaldo avoided being someone's prison bitch mm-hmm. uh and and accepted a fat 21.6 million dollar uh tax fraud um slap on the wrist so to say with a uh you know 450 million dollar net worth so I think to summarize, he'll be just fine. <laughs> yeah, he'll be just fine, dude. Can we talk about something else? So, how the fuck do Cristiano Ronaldo, Neymar, and Messi all get hit with tax fraud? It's like you guys are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. You can't just hire some fucking financial planner, accountant, <laughs> an army of accountants. I don't know to figure those, this shit out for you and not pay nineteen million dollars. Like, yeah, I was looking at a list. Like a list of Spanish football players that have just racked up so many tax fraud, um, you know, marks that it's like, what's going on, man? You've got the money. It's, it's I mean, insane. I guess it's just a matter of like. Is it just? Is I it, guess it's a principle thing. I don't. I, dude, I'm I'm baffled by this whole thing. And and yes, I just said baffled. I haven't used that word in in quite some time, but uh. Yeah, man, it, I, I've seen this shit happen a couple times now. You know, like I said with Messi, his was a pretty big deal as well. He had to pay out a fat fine. It just doesn't make sense to me, man. I, I, I get that, like, I remember hearing the shit where football players, they've got, like, a really complicated tax uh, structure because of you get paid per match or per game. And so you're you're now playing games and getting paid in all these different states. And so the tax 
the the taxes of it all are incredibly complicated. But I don't see any NFL players getting hit with tax fraud left and right, like because they yeah. because they just hire people to do it for them. And so I don't understand why these these soccer players can't do the same exact fucking thing. Yeah, and it's not like it's tax fraud in another country, you know, or another state, you know, because they they forgot or they slipped up. It's yeah. in their home country. They're just straight up not paying tax to their country. I mean, fuck it. I don't know. Maybe if I had that much money, I'd have the same mentality. But it's pretty. <laughs> it's a pretty. It's a pretty simple uh, situation. Yeah, man. Maybe, maybe we're just a small-brained assholes who who actually pay our taxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, dude. Commission is taxed at a forty percent rate. It's insane. It's wild, man. It's like, oh hey, let me just write you a check. <laughs> just give you my money. Let me just take your fucking dignity while I'm at it. Yeah, seriously. Uh, well, let's go ahead and try this new segment. Um, we're gonna lean on the viewers in the future uh, to give us some ideas on things that you would like to hear. Uh, as well as whether or not you'd like for us to change the name. That is also possible. But for this week, we will stick with Hump It or Dump It. And what we're going to do is talk a little bit about things that are happening in our culture, in our society, uh, you know, hot topics, things that are trending, um, and give our opinions on whether we would hump it, meaning we ride with it, uh, or dump it, and and that should just go ahead and die. So let's go ahead and just kick it off. And I think one of the hottest topics with Waymo and Tesla and Uber is autonomous vehicles. Mm-hmm. So Harry, I want to turn it over to you and give you some uh, time to give us, you know, your thoughts on autonomous vehicles and whether you'd hump it or dump it. Dude, I'm I'm all about it, all over it. I'm I'm humping it in, into submission, if you will. Um, the reason being, okay, first of all, I love driving, like, you know, manually, that is, like, you know, going fast, all that shit, but for the general population, a lot of those, a lot of people need to have autonomous driving, because a lot of people <laughs> suck fucking, you know, what, at driving, so, yeah, man, I'm all about it, the faster these things can get on the road at a, at an affordable rate where people, you know, average people can, can go out and buy them, uh, I'm, I'm all over it. Oh, yeah. So, like, obviously, I'm all about it. You know, I, robot. I want to be Will Smith ripping an Audi just fucking autonomously. Um, but the thing that scares the shit out of me is that I think we're way behind in terms of proper technology. I think the sensors that they're using right now do a good job to a certain degree, but as we've seen... They fucking kill people. Yeah. So, and, and and people also like I gotta I've gotta give you know the benefit of the doubt to the autonomous vehicle section, you know, because humans aren't that smart, and so these idiots are falling asleep and thinking that you know they can get themselves to California from New York. Uh, you know that's kind of natural selection. Those people deserve to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but shit, man, it's scary to think about the fact that one hacker could take control of that entire fucking fleet true okay so that's so that's the that's the downside to it right is is the ability for someone to actually hack into these cars now and then create mad chaos i'm thinking of like uh was that the die hard movie live free or die 
where they yeah. did like that they started controlling like the traffic system and created gridlock and all that shit um same same idea and that's obviously the downside but the upside to it is far greater than the than the downside in my opinion um i hear you accidents happen long, long and, term and, i'm all about it and you got dude think... you also got to realize this shit's so brand new like this it's only gonna get better it's only gonna get more refined and it just takes bad drivers off the road like honestly if i'm gonna go three hours so say you're driving from dc to new york and you're just like i'm just gonna throw this thing in autopilot and i'm just gonna chill you would 100 percent do that yeah because no one like i don't want to like be you know maybe i'd go in and out of driving you know autopilot versus manual but like you know doing long drives and having to like pay attention for six hours so like what the hell is going on around you i mean i'd just rather let a car do it for me let a computer do it you know yeah i mean that's all i'm saying I'm about it it just it scares me what if the cars start talking to each other you know mark zuckerberg's fucking robots did it his artificial intelligence did it. they shut that down they're like uh we need to unplug this now yeah true that <laughs> i'm thinking like you know obviously this is so ridiculous i'm cooked but like transformers you know you know what i'm thinking bro <laughs> no <laughs> absolutely no, not 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 actually but in in all seriousness like the capability of them communicating is is possible, and that's scary. But we'll we'll move on. I'm gonna go ahead and dump it for right now. So we got a little fifty fifty going here. Great, <clears throat> I like it. The next is Finstagrams, huge amongst amongst our generation. Uh, there are a few that we know that have them. Uh, my sister is one of them. Uh, unfortunately, I have to admit that. But I'm gonna go ahead and kick it off for us. I'm gonna go ahead and dump it. I think that overall, it is so ridiculous to create an alter you or or a fake you if you have to have that uh there's clearly something that's going to come back to seriously bite you in the ass so i'm going to go ahead and give you some professional advice go ahead and fucking avoid it uh or delete it if if you have it yeah or delete it if you have it and if you are not just like gut-wrenching funny don't make one and okay let's be honest most of us are not gut wrenching funny, so no. you're just wasting your fucking time. That's my problem. I'm, I'm first of all, I'm dumping it. Absolutely not. This is this is so far away from from anything I would ever do or, or ever or ever. Yeah, from oh, so far away from reality. Um, if you have one of these things, you just have way too much fucking time on your hands. Like you got to find some other hobbies. I don't know. Read a book. Get into archery or run. I don't give a shit. Just something to not be on, the, uh, you know, to not have your own Instagram. I don't know if it is it like an insecurity thing. I don't want to no, call anyone out because I know some people that we know have them, but like, is it, is end of regulation of Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, we got to think about that. No, no bro, no, we're not, fucking it's business, it's bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Making money. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just like I don't think. You know, I think there's probably a lot of things. It's maybe an insecurity thing and maybe like a humorous thing, you know, simply just because like they dig social media. But like I said, if I'm not cracking up at every single one of your posts or like at least 50% of them, what's the point? Mm -mm. I don't even crack up at 50% of like these meme accounts with 10 million followers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like if you think you can do better than that, then yeah, go for it. But, All right. Well, that was that was easy. Fucking unanimous. Dump. Yeah, that's a dumb. Um, next up is something that I read recently about the idea or the concept of replacing textbooks with tablets in schools. 
Now, while I'm all for technology, this has gotten dump written all over it, and I'll tell you why. Our society is already completely in the shitter in terms of, like, social awareness and social interaction. People, like, have no capability of face-to-face communication anymore. My brother, when a screen turns on, you know, six years old, granted, but fixated. Cannot remove him. Goes full zombie mode? Full zombie. Like, one of the scariest things. Like, there could be an apocalypse going down, and he would have no idea. (laughs) And so I think that this is just a gateway to ADHD, ADD. I don't even necessarily believe in it. Get a grip, but, like... Jesus Christ, this is going to create some serious issues. So you're dumping it. I'm dumping it. <sighs> All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... I can't side it there. Uh, only reason why <clears throat> is... I mean, w- we both went to school, right? I think so. Um, and uh, I don't know, man. Technically. <laughs> so I already got a diploma. Um, I just... I don't know, man. It's just like carrying around textbooks and shit like that was always kind of a pain in the ass that shit can be consolidated into a tablet the problem the thing is okay we have to there have to be guidelines about ages when you start doing that obviously if you're in middle or if you're in elementary school you don't really have textbooks you don't actually um you know or you know like early uh, first second third grade whatever and you'd have to create like a lot of regulations about like not being not being able to access the internet not being able to download apps they'd have to be like school issued they couldn't be like hey you know, here, go buy a tablet, or if you have one, you can use it, because it just, it just doesn't make sense, it's like, it, it, obviously, people would not be on their textbooks, you know what I mean, when they're supposed to be. But these kids, like, I, dude, I I mean, like, in ninth grade, they had, like, communal laptops for the class, and kids were fucking jailbreaking them, or whatever you want to call them, to get games, to get on the internet, with kids these days, basically learning, you know, how to code, the second they come out of the womb, I wouldn't be surprised if they just fucking bypassed all that shit. That's true. Well, dude, we all know, and, I, and anybody who anybody who's even listening, like, whenever like a teacher was like, "Oh yeah, you can use laptops in this class," that was an automatic like, "I'm not going to ever pay attention to your class." Game over. Yeah. And I think honestly, like the book situation, lugging all that shit around is such a pain in the ass, but is a rite of passage. You know what I mean? Like. Every True. motherfucking kid should have to like haul ass with a heavy backpack across the quad because he's late. <laughs> just fact, or or maybe not late, having that you know? backpack like slap from side to side. I'll know. Yeah, just <laughs> cracking you in the rib cage. Like you finally get, you get to class and you're just drenched in sweat. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's like I feel stepping that. into a UFC fucking arena. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess I guess you're humping it. I'm dumping it. Next up, and we'll wrap it up here is lowering the voting age to 16. I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you to start this one off. Hell. Because I've got some thoughts. Hell <laughs> fucking no. Bro, I, <laughs> I'm more on the side of, like, they should raise the fucking voting age. And this isn't, like... I literally was about to say that. <laughs> bec- okay, and a lot of this is because, A, like, I just, I see the younger generation, at least from a social media standpoint, and they're... I don't. I'm not gonna. I don't want to generalize them onto one bucket, but they're, they're terrible. They're fucking terrible. <laughs> they are menaces to fucking society. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna dump this real hard and uh, and say that we should actually raise the voting age to 24. What is it right now? It's 18. Yeah. 
Okay, Fuck, 21. Might as well just kick it at 25. 25. Seriously. Because like, you don't shit, have... I, did, I, I shouldn't have even been voting a couple years ago. Dude, like, come on. What, how old, what, are you, what grade are you in when you're 16? Junior in high school? Yeah. Maybe sophomore, junior? Dude, I, I didn't know the first, second, or third thing about politics or shit or the economy Hell or anything no. like that I when I was 16. 18 people know. <laughs> no. Absolutely and not. Is this a the thing? people that are fucking electing presidents. Is this actually a thing? Is this like trying to be passed? It's been one of it's been one of those like, you know, hot heated arguments. I found it online. It's like one of those things like, you know, uh should we change the drinking age? Should there be required drafts? Like all this, you know, standard bullshit that you see all the time. But I thought this one stood out cuz I'm like I, no chance would I want any 16-year-old stepping into a voting booth and being like, this is my guy, this is my girl. <laughs> no fucking way. So with that, we'll dump it all <laughs> and kick it over to the conference championship recap. We're not going to sit here and bore you with the details. You're probably well aware of what happened, but there was some serious shit that went down uh, kind of behind the scenes, off the fields, between coaches, between referees. Um, so we are here to talk a little bit about the officiating crew uh, in both games, actually, and the drama that took place. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start it off here and then mm-hmm. kick it over to Harrison to talk about something that he's truly heated about. Um, but this play happened uh, in a pivotal time um and these calls and these penalties change and sway the outcomes of actually both of these games that that we're going to talk about um if you recall Chavarius Ward intercepted um Tom Brady which would have basically wrapped up the game for them uh and gotten them a W however it was wiped completely off the board due to the fact that uh, Kansas City pass rusher D. Ford, um, who actually had a standout playoff season, was called offsides. As I had mentioned, uh, it was a blatant call. It was clear. Uh, Andy Reid brought up some serious beef. He said that you know usually, typically, officiating crews will at least throw a heads up. Um, and say, you know, somebody's out of place or there's too many men on the field, at least give them the time. Uh, it seemed that they just had very little care. Um, you know, it, it was not as blatant of mm-hmm. an act of incompetence as, as the Saints, um, but it still changed the entire fucking dynamic of the game. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady, you know, then marched it down the field, tied it up for OT, and, and the rest is history. Yeah, I mean... Really soft call, really. I mean, the guy's what three inches over the over the line of scrimmage. It's it's something that if it was a regular season game, I like to imagine that it wouldn't have been called at all, um, yeah. which is ridiculous. Um, you know, and, and everyone's going to make the argument, oh well, there's bad calls made for both teams or no non calls made for both teams, but it's really about the magnitude of them, the timing of them, um, the the amount that are called for one team versus the other. Um, in this case, the Chiefs. You know, and especially the Saints had more bad calls or calls go against them than they had calls go for them. Um, and, and another one that that was ridiculous was the uh, uh, roughing the passer, 
where the guy kind of swiped his hand, maybe grazed Tom Brady's face mask, and then ultimately yeah. hit his chest. That gave him that that would have made it fourth down for them. Turned it into first down. They ended up going down and scoring, and and, and that was the game. Or I believe that was the game. I, I might be misremembering the the timing of it all. Um, but yeah, man, it's just the magnitude of these fucking calls. It's crazy. Um, and I honestly anticipated to get worse uh, for the for the defense. Honestly, you know, I think we've seen it this season. The defense has been ex- like defensive players have been extremely outspoken just about the fact that they're like this is bullshit. Like this is football, and we're getting calls for for hitting people. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Obviously, they need to protect the players and they need to focus on concussions. But like, that doesn't mean take away from the sport altogether. Right. And I think we've seen a lot of that, and it's impacted games. It's changed the dynamic of se- the season for some teams. Um, and you know, I'll let you talk about it a little bit. But like the the, the Saints situation was, I think, the most uh, kind of you know. It was the most egregious non-call yeah. in football history, and yeah. and quite frankly, and the reason why I was heated about it, I don't really have a, I didn't have a dog in this fight in in either game, but to take away a Super Bowl from Drew Brees at, when he's forty years old, forty one years old, and had probably one of the best seasons of his career at this age, uh, is is beside me. You know, it, it's to- totally unjust. Uh, it. 100% brings up the conversation of of being able to challenge a penalty um, because of the fact of because it was a bad call. It, it was pure and simple. I mean, you know, to break it down for for anyone who didn't see it, um, essentially it was I believe it was third and five from about the 15 yard line, uh, the Rams 15 yard line. There's about a minute and 45 seconds left. Um, Drew Brees, you know, they're they're yeah. So okay. So Drew Brees, you know, drops back, throws it out to the guy uh, to what's his name, uh, Tommy Lee Lewis, um, out on the wing, and before the ball even gets to Tommy Lee Lewis, Nickel Roby Coleman, pretty much just blatantly takes him out before the ball can even get to him before before he has a chance to make a, a play on the ball, um, which is interference, a hundred percent of the time in every single game, no matter what level of football you're playing. Uh, so the reason that it was, I mean, obviously the magnitude was huge because what it does is had it been called, the Saints would have had first and goal at the six yard line with a minute and 45 seconds left. All they would have had to do at that point was literally kneel the ball three times, take as much clock as possible. I don't know how much exactly it would have led to. Um, and then ultimately they would have, you know, gone up 23, 20, uh, and, and that would have been necessarily or pretty much it, um, and so it just changed the whole dynamic. It stole a Super Bowl appearance from Drew Brees. And, and and it's just ridiculous how the refs go at the end of the game. They're like, oh, well, we just made it. You know, I guess the, the head of, you know, officiating for the NFL contacted Sean Payton and was like, yeah, it was a bad call. And it's like a ba- saying it's a bad call isn't going to fix anything. So, yeah, it, it's just it's a, a blatant incompetence. It's ridiculous that it happened. Um and so now we've got people, you know, Michael Thomas, for one, tweeting out about Rule 17, Section 2, Article 3, which states that the commissioner is able to reverse results or reschedule a game completely in the event of extraordinary acts. I saw something like the city of New Orleans was suing the NFL. Oh, dude, they're, getting, they're getting sued, like, out the fucking wazoo. I mean, look, I'm going to play a little bit devil's advocate here uh, just for anybody that's, you know, a diehard Rams fan. Uh, but 
you know, so the Saints blew a 13-0 lead. You know, they 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 went down early, no doubt about it. Um, but they were capable. They are capable. I think they are the better team. Uh, were the better team, um, and they came back. They they proved that they were able to do it, and it was completely stripped of them. Uh, obviously, I won't kind of hone in on it anymore because yeah. you've touched on it heavily. But like. It just was devastating, man. Like, I think, you know, somebody brought up to me the other day, like, oh, the NFL's rigged. And I was like, there's just no way because with viewership so low, if they were rigged, they would not be putting these two teams together in a Super Bowl playoff. It would either be the two old dogs who are on the verge of retiring Mm -hmm. for one of the most historic Super Bowls of all time, or it would be the two young guns going head-to-head on the West Coast. Or not the West Coast, but West Coast versus... Well, that's what I was saying is, is, you know... Someone can make the argument it's rigged in the sense where, obviously, the Rams are, are brand new, second year in L.A. They're trying to get that franchise, like, going because I don't know if you saw there's some videos of, of people at a bar in, in Los Angeles and they they saw the, the final field goal, uh, field goal go through and had, like, literally zero reaction. And so that's a stigma with Los Angeles sports fans is that they really don't give a shit about anything. Like, they yeah. don't give a shit about football, whatever, all that, sh- all that stuff. Um and so it could be like, you know, you can make the conspiracy that it's a ploy to get like LA more involved with their football team. Um, it's also two major markets. You know, I wouldn't say Boston's a major market. Uh, the Patriots are the Patriots though. And, and they're going to draw viewership because a, either people want to see Brady Belichick get their sixth ring or the people are going to tune in because they want to see Brady and Belichick lose. Yeah. So they're going to draw their own crowd solely because it's Belichick and Brady. Uh, LA is just a, is a major market, and so for them, it's going to be easy to to market it as East Coast West Coast, you know, up and coming superstar quarterback versus Tom Brady. So they're gonna, you know, it's it's hard to say, it's hard to put conspiracies on it or you know put the fact that it's rigged. But in any case, I'm still pissed about it. I said this to you guys while we're watching the uh, Patriots Chiefs game. I will not be watching the Super Bowl this year. I'm out. I'm boycotting. That's really? It. I'm, I'm going to go find some other shit to do. Maybe read a book. Dump I don't fucking it. know. I'm dumping the Super Bowl. <laughs> Dump it. I'm, wow, not doing, I'm, not doing right. any, I'm not doing any Super Bowl squares. I'm not betting on the game. I'm not doing any prop bets. I'm, I'm out on it. Wow. All right. Good to know, man. I, uh, I wish I could say the same, but I've already invested in a fucking space for a bunch of people to come over. So I think I'm kind of screwed there. But, you know, I, I honestly, like you said... Uh, I'm on the other side of that half where I would love to see, uh, you know, Tom Brady go down. So there would, there is actually nothing that would please me more than to see Brady go back to back Super Bowls and lose. Yeah. Um. But you know, we'll see. So uh, let's talk a little bit about some playoff standouts. I think we only got two here, yeah. just to keep it simplistic. Um, I'll let you kick it off. Uh, with a team that we've been verbally bashing. We have been verbally bashing, but I do want to give credit where credit is due um, to Sony Michelle uh, running back for the Patriots. Obviously, Tom Brady's been playing pretty lights out. Um, you know, nothing crazy. You know, st- stats are there. Last last game, the stats weren't even that great. I think he was, uh, at the end of it, it was two touchdowns, one pick. I'm not even sure how many yards, but Sony Michelle has really been the, the workhorse for them. Um, to date, uh, or at least through the first two games of the playoffs, he has five touchdowns, 242 rush yards, averaging 4.6 yards per carry. 
to put that in a little bit of perspective, although he was injured for a portion of the season, he only had six touchdowns all regular season. So this dude's been massive for the for them. Um, you know, when you have a guy like that, it opens up the pass game a ton. As you've seen, you know, Chris Hogan's been stepping up to the plate. Julian Edelman's doing what Julian, Julian Edelman does. Uh, and even Gronk's been getting back in the mix after having a pretty slow year by his standards. Um, but yeah, give credit where credit's due. Sonny Michel has been uh, a huge standout for the Patriots. Um, and so I, I think he'll he'll need to kind of produce like he's been producing against a, probably the best defensive line in football with Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue. So that's going to be a really, really uh, interesting matchup come a week from Sunday. Yeah, man. Uh, something cool that Tom highlighted to me. Um, three of the biggest, not biggest, but three of the big players uh, in the running back game going into the Super Bowl uh, are all Georgia boys. Yeah. So Chubbs, uh, Todd Gurley, and uh, obviously Sony Michelle. So kind of interesting to think about georgia's just got some absolute dogs some horses dude. yeah man they they, they reload and they produce running backs for the nfl uh, sony michelle has been like super cool to watch like i didn't really ever kind of focus on him um you know but i, I think in the last couple of weeks he's just like you said been someone who's stood out and really been i think uh, uh almost a, a, a safety net or a revival for the Patriots. Like, you know, these guys were considered the underdogs first time in years that they were the underdogs. Um, and I think, you know, obviously there were a lot of other forces working, but he just came out to fucking play. Yeah. No, he's yeah, he's been crushing it. So we'll see how he does on uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. Well, uh, next up on our playoff standouts, this was during the divisional round. But overall, I just wanted to give him a shout-out. Uh, Sean Payton. Just an absolute G legend. Um, as you all recall, we previously mentioned he rolled in $300,000 in a Lombardi trophy as well as a uh, ring, a replica, I should say. Um, basically said to his players, if you want this, go win the next three fucking games. I mean, if that's not boss, I don't know what is. Um, unfortunately, you know, their season was cut short, but I did want to highlight during the divisional round uh, when they were playing Philly Boo, um, they fell behind 14-0 in the first quarter. Um, this was obviously, you know, a big game for both teams. There was a lot on the line. Uh, as a coach, to make this decision, it was, you know, it was going to be your make-or-break situation. Uh, but like I said, 14-0, uh, they're behind on 4th and one they went ahead and fake punted it, um, caught Philly completely flat-footed, um, used that to their advantage, ended up scoring, um, which completely shifted the momentum of the game, tied it up, and then obviously you know, moved on in advance mm -hmm. um, to the next round. However, you know, didn't turn out the way that Sean Payton or the rest of those gentlemen who were looking for that 300000 uh anticipated, but you know, hell of a season in general. Um, I think he's got a lot to show for it yeah. and uh, excited to kind of see the future. So, yeah. Um, any thoughts on that? No, I mean, he, yeah, he here? crushed it. It's, it's a shame that he, uh, that he got, you know, screwed out of a Super Bowl or a conference championship and a, an appearance to the Super Bowl. 
But uh, yeah, the dude's the dude's a legit coach. He's one of the best coaches in the league. Has been for a while. I like the Saints next year to to come out and and you know chip on their shoulder and just try to fucking run through teams every single week. Eighteen and zero or nineteen and zero? You think? Uh, I, I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But uh, yeah, let's the Saints will be back next year. Drew Brees will be back. He'll be. He does what he does, man. They got to get another, like one more good wide receiver, maybe a good tight end, and uh, and they'll have all the pieces they need. Before we wrap up, while we're on the subject, does Tom Brady retire if he wins a sixth Super Bowl ring? I don't think so. I don't, win or lose, I don't think he retires. He played well this year. I He's, think if he, he loses, stayed healthy, not a chance. Yeah, because the guy's way too competitive. That, that's what makes way him too Tom Brady and. And going off on you know going closing out your career off of two Super Bowl losses, two Super Bowl back to back appearance losses. There's no chance. But I think if this guy comes back from taking an L against Nick Foles last year, uh, being considered the underdog, staying quiet while cocky at the same time on social media, yeah. and wins a wins a Super Bowl, I truly think he might. Uh, hang up his laces um, Dude, but be- again the guy's a freak so yeah you better believe the first question win or lose the first question he's going to get from the media is are you going to retire one that with 1000 percent yeah Gron- gronk's going to get the same thing i think gronk might be on his way out honestly Dude, man. he he looks like he looks like a he shell of himself just- man i mean he I mean, okay he's granted, checked out dude granted i will say he, he had some clutch plays in the, at the end of the uh, game versus chiefs but overall, man, he looks slow. I you mean, know, he's still Gronk, like, but he just doesn't look the same. He's still capable of making those plays. Uh, I just think mentally he's done, man. I think he's totally checked out. He just doesn't look like he has fun with it anymore. Yeah, I agree. We'll see. Um, and we'll I see. I don't know whether that was ruined for him by, you know, the Patriots or, or just football in general, but... You know, it's sad because the guy is a fucking legend. <laughs> no, total legend. I'm not taking anything away from him. One of the greatest tight ends to ever play. But, you know, he's gotten injured a lot. His knees are probably yeah. shot to shit from getting hit low every oh. single time he gets hit. That guy's uh, going to be in a wheelchair by the time he's 40. Oh, yeah, probably. Or we'll, they'll uh, suit him up with some, like, exoskeleton shit. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, man, shit. Yeah. Well, I'll let you uh, I'll let you wrap things up with the first buzzer beater for us here. Yeah, so a quick bu- buzzer beater. Uh, big news coming out of the MLB today. Uh, they announced the Hall of Fame class, uh, including Mariano Rivera, Mike Mussina, Roy Halladay, and Edgar Martinez. Uh, really solid class. Three, you know, all-time pitchers, obviously. <laughs> obviously very worthy of the Hall of Fame. Um, and, and the one I just wanted to touch on was Mariano Rivera. Uh, best closer to ever play, best, best closer probably to ever p- uh, play. The guy only threw one pitch. It was a cut fastball, and, and it was the most lethal pitch to ever be in the MLB. Uh, no one could ever hit it. The guy holds records for you know most saves, uh, a couple others that I can't even uh, – that I don't know off the top of my head. But uh, just want to give a big shout-out to those guys. That's, that's – you know, obviously Roy passed away last year. Um. But, uh, yeah, big shout-out to those guys. You know, Mariano got 100% unanimous votes for the Hall of Fame. First player to ever do that in 100-plus years of the Hall of Fame being around. So Let's go. Put some spec on my so neck. So dope. Two Yankees, too. So Spec we'll take that. on my neck. Let's yep. go. Well, as always, 
Thank you very much for joining us, Harry. It was a goddamn pleasure yes, doing it duo style here tonight. Uh, if you are not already, please remember to check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Like I said, you can find us and stay entertained throughout the whole week. Additionally, please make sure to click and subscribe. Our viewership is our lifeline, so make sure to stay up to date on everything that is sports and entertainment. We re- we will release weekly episodes, and we promise you that. Lastly, stay tuned. As you probably all very well know, we had a special guest on for our first episode of Season 2. We will have a special guest swinging through the studio next week. MLS winger Edward Apoku from Columbus Crew. He will be joining us to talk to us a little bit about his journey, so we're excited to see you all. To play us out tonight, please enjoy a little bit of potato salad by ASAP Rocky and Tyler Creator. Peace. Peace out. Yo, now you gonna start me from the top. Listen, shout out Harlem, man. Shout out ASAP Rocky, man. All in the building, man. What's good? Is that potato salad? Yo, listen. Niggas give me the cold shoulder. I can speak for myself. So I keep a hot waist and alligator the belt. And got a belt with the holster. I ain't playing games, but got some little niggas who would do it. So I pass the controller. You can press the next out. Triangle your nose. Pause your life if you squares. Try to mess with my O's. Whoa. So cut the crap like shit barbers. Cause we really with the beef like cars and the gay fathers. Nigga, we get dollars. Give them the bin baller. Exchange. For them chains, I saw shiny with thick water. I got back pains, neck heavy like whipped cream. I whip clean, and they all white. I whip cream and cop boards, and I draw a stick. I whip cream and cop cribs. I got more space than big jeans. Y'all sleeping on me. Explain why they got shit dreams. I'm alien. Got the laser gun with the big beam. Married to the money, my bitch green. No, I don't sit lean, but riding around the rockets like yeah, I mean y'all niggas weak. They thought I was goofy and all mouses. Double see my luggage and fill with comb blouses Y'all cop cush, my nigga I cop houses And fill them with some Leo To capture some cold sprouts nigga Where we Rocky ASAP Golf boy Where we at nigga In Paris Fuck clothes I cop pieces Couple dots with me And them hoes Like divas Got my vans on But they look like sneakers Flip a couple packs Bass guard in the speakers Bass all in the speakers In the field like baseball Play ball Face ball When police come I don't rock Chanel, I rock channel. I know this ain't a purse, it's a statue. Plus, at you. Nah, I ain't sneeze, but if niggas want steam or smoke, bet I match you. Got a bullet with your name on the barrel. If hollows don't clip, you getting it like it's cat food. That dude, when I die, I gotta make the statue. Bad attitude, this ain't a purse, it's a statue. Go to any nigga with money up in my bracket. Then I think about the state of rapping, all the freshmen in the classes, all the super seniors mumbling and rambling, mumbling and rapping, mumble rapping. I find it hard to find actual talent. I find it hard to find an actual challenge. I'm like Shabazz Palaces, last acid hit, elaborate, rap, labs, labyrinth, words of Kodaks, blacks, Lazarus, call drops Ayo, on the album skits. I'm the channel that you watch, I'm the ammo on the Glock, weird nigga, full suit with the sandals and the socks, stop. And bass on my neck, boy, you would think I hate glass homes where I'm handling the rocks. Who cast the first stone? Bitches, me, fuck you thought. Real grunge, nigga, I ain't got a flannel as the top. And I'm picking up guitar still, nigga, bum. Niggas wish they could make a garden shed. But they sleeping on me, man, like they arm is dead. I'm a wild nigga, boy, and you farm a bread. Born, you ain't animal, you all corn. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> Hey, Sims, what up, nigga?